0: Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Get Renan. So this episode is about delving deep into our ancient past to look at the possibility of the Jedi actually existing. Yeah, I know the Jedi are fictional characters, but if you look at our past, be it hieroglyphs, ancient tablets, old stories, statues, buildings, and artifacts, you will see that numerous civilizations from all over the world Spanning thousands of years, have talked about or depicted certain individuals or even whole groups of people as gods. So the question then becomes who were these gods? Were these gods real or just products of superstition and myth? And if they were real, were these gods human or some other type of entity? So before we start, I first want to thank everyone who is supporting the show. If you are listening, Thank you for your support, but more specifically, I want to thank all the people who have left positive reviews, who have bought gear, pine pollen, and fermented herbal tonics, and also to all the people who have sent me personal messages. Thank you all. With that being said, I encourage you to reach out with any questions you may have about my journey or anything I have discussed. And if you would like to support the show, one of the easiest ways is to get you some podcast gear. I have stickers, hats, mugs, t shirts, and hoodies. The gear is really cool. I get a lot of compliments. Um, the link for that is in the show notes. I also have fermented herbal tonics and pine pollen tinctures available. And the pine pollen tinctures are flying off the shelves and for good reason. And this is because testosterone in both men and women is at an all time low thanks to pesticides, microplastics, tap water, a sedentary lifestyle, and even wacky modern ideology. And the result is that most people are overweight, unfocused, depressed, have minimal muscle mass, and almost zero sex drive. Not to mention, the low testosterone is a major factor in why the masculine and feminine energies in our society are so out of whack and lacking harmony. So if you want to save yourself, save your relationship, and possibly even save the world, get you some pine pollen my pine pollen is made with the best ingredients possible raw uncracked pine pollen harvested in the pristine canadian wilderness and organic cane alcohol it doesn't get any cleaner than that so if you're interested in that please send me an email and last at the very not least if you are enjoying this podcast please like it share it subscribe to it, and leave a review, specifically if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app. It is a simple gesture that really helps me out. All right, so let's get into it. So if you've been following along on this podcast, then you know that one of my overall main goals is to become a Jedi. Now, this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek goal because I'm not sure it's possible to become a Master of the Force, to move objects with my mind, to perform superhuman abilities, and to take on all foes with my trusty lightsaber. But at the same time, I don't know if it's impossible, either. I mean, if we're truly honest, then we must admit that we have no idea what the limits of human potential are. All we know is that humans are capable of amazing things, and we've only scratched the surface— See, the term Jedi, for me, is more of an analogy for reaching my highest potential than it is about becoming a Force user. But don't get me wrong, if it's possible to become a master of the Force, then I want in. Which leads me to ask the question, what is the Force, and does it exist in our world? Well, according to Obi-Wan Kenobi, (laughs) the Force is... An energetic field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together. And according to Star Wars lore, by harnessing the power of the Force, Jedi and other Force users can obtain a sixth sense, gain extraordinary reflexes in battle, move physical objects with their thoughts, manipulate weak minds heal extremely fast, and even cheat death. In other words, in the Star Wars universe, it is believed that there is a particular energy field or force that connects all things. And if one is able to tap into this force, they can use it to gain superhuman abilities. Okay, so that's the force according to Star Wars. Does our world or our universe have a force equal to that of Star Wars? Well, In order to try to answer that, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, back to the birth or creation of our universe. See, one thing that both science and religions agree on is that the universe originated from a single source. Now, science believes that source is the Big Bang and religions believe that source is a creator And obviously different religions and different spiritual organizations believe in different creators. But no matter which way you slice it, everyone seems to agree that everything came from a single source. And well, if everything in our universe sprang from a single source, that means everyone and everything is connected via the energy or force of creation. This creation energy is essentially the source code of the universe it is the foundation on which the universe is built it sets the rules boundaries and laws for the entire universe which are necessary because they provide order in what otherwise be a sea of chaos and this creation energy sounds exactly like the force from star wars because just like obi-wan said it surrounds us penetrates us and binds our universe together in fact, without this force, the universe and even life itself would cease to exist. And the Taoists and Hindus even have a name for this force. The Taoists call it chi, and the Hindus call it prana. Which then begs the question, has anyone ever tapped into this creation energy and used it to gain superhuman abilities? Well, the other day, while studying Shapibo I came across the term Mariah. According to Sheppebo culture, Mariah are said to be the highest level of healer one could obtain. Now there's not a lot of information about the Mariah, at least nothing I can find online. All that is known about them is the stories from the Sheppeba themselves. Now, supposedly there are no Mariahs alive today. However, it is believed that they were real but that they existed a long time ago. and according to the legend, Mariahs were believed to have magical powers that went way beyond having just a strong connection with plants. In addition to being great healers, they were said to be able to shapeshift into animals, connect directly to people's minds, and even had the ability to fly. Now, upon hearing something like that, my first thought is just to assume this is a silly superstition, because we all know that is impossible, right? I mean, there is no physical proof that anyone can shapeshift or fly, but as I thought about it more and got rid of my preconceived notions and started to think about it with an open mind, I quickly began to realize that this world is full of numerous mysteries that are unexplained by modern science. Mysteries that could only be explained by the use of magic or superhuman abilities. For example, think about all the ruins from ancient Egypt, specifically the Great Pyramid. Think about the Incan civilization, the Mayan civilization, the Sumerian, Aztec, Roman, and Greek civilizations. All these civilizations have structures and artifacts that not only defy science, they defy logic. And unless you become so brainwashed that all curiosity and critical thinking has been stripped away, it is impossible to look at these ancient civilizations and believe the mainstream narrative, that these structures and artifacts were built by hand using primitive tools and slave labor." Never mind the fact that we don't even have the capability to build most of these structures today. And we are supposed to be the most technologically advanced civilization the world has ever known, right? I mean, we even put a man on the moon, if you believe that. But despite all our technology, and don't get me wrong, we do have some very impressive technology. But despite all of our technology, we are not capable of building something like the Great Pyramid of Giza today or even most of the ancient structures for that matter. And that's the thing, the pyramids of Egypt get all the glory about being so advanced, and rightfully so, but there are numerous structures all over the world that are just as complicated and equally as mysterious. In fact, there are so many ancient advanced structures around the world that I'm willing to bet that there are hundreds, if not thousands, that you've never even heard about. For example, there are some relatively unknown structures in India called the Ajanta and Elora Caves, which just like the Great Pyramids, defy all scientific logic. The most famous and most impressive being Cave 16, which is a three-story temple that was carved from a single stone. And according to experts, this temple could have only been made by carving from the top down. Okay, so I need you to take a second and think about what that means. So imagine someone, or let's say, imagine several people standing on a huge mountain of solid rock without the aid of modern technology no 3d computer generated models no power tools nothing just a chisel a hammer and a vision and they somehow managed to carve one of the most impressive elaborate and intricate temples that you have ever seen and oh by the way like i said it's also three stories tall with an interior that will blow your mind They carved all this from the top down. How is that even possible? I'm not sure it's even possible today with all our technology. Now, you have to see the structure in order to grasp how impossible this task would, would have been to do by hand by quote unquote primitive people. So in the show notes, I put a link to a short documentary on these caves. And I highly encourage you to check it out so you can just see so you can see just how amazing this site is. And and it doesn't stop there. If you want to get really crazy, look at some of the old churches from around the world. These things are absolute works of art and and would most definitely test the limits of our building capability today. See, no one pays attention to old churches because they are everywhere. And because of that, we, for whatever reason, don't see them as special or even advanced. But if you look at the detail, intricacy, and beauty of these churches, you can't even begin to wrap your mind around how how, or why these things were built, especially when you go down the rabbit hole that these churches were not necessarily built as houses of worship, but that they were actually built to produce free energy. Look, I know that sounds ridiculous, but why else would something of that magnitude be built? I mean, all these churches have numerous spires, usually with antennas or crosses, on top of the spires. You think that's just for decoration? Sure, the spires and antennas are absolutely beautiful, but if you look closely, they seem to look more purposeful than they do beautiful. Why go through all that trouble just for decorative purposes, especially when you consider the timeline of when they were supposedly built. It just doesn't add up. Remember, most of these elaborate churches are anywhere from 500 to 1,000 years old. At least that's what we've been told. And there are probably thousands of churches all over the world that are more impressive, more elaborate, and more ornate than anything we have built in the last 100 years. How is that possible? Now, some people would argue that the reason we don't build churches or any structure in that old style today is because it would be just too expensive. And I would say you're absolutely right To build something like St. Peter's Basilica, St. Patrick's Cathedral, or any of the other old churches that are scattered throughout the world would cost hundreds of billions of dollars today and would probably take well over 20 years to complete. No one has that amount of money or time. And that's assuming you could find a construction company that is even capable of building it today, because I'm not sure you could. So you are right. It is way too expensive to build exact replicas of some of these old buildings today. So let me ask you this, why and how do you think it was feasible to build something like that back then, hundreds if not thousands of years ago, in a time without electricity, computers, the combustion engine, crane, power tools, in a time when most people didn't even have running water or indoor plumbing? Now to give you the scope of just how impressive these churches are and how they might have produced free energy, I will put a link to two videos in the show notes. The first one is about cathedrals being free energy machines. And the second one documents some old cathedrals in Germany that are absolutely mind-blowing. And the crazy part is you probably never even heard about them, yet they are some of the most impressive buildings you will ever see. And that's the thing. Once you open your eyes, you will see evidence of advanced ancient technology everywhere. You will see that the current timeline just doesn't make sense. You will soon begin to doubt the mainstream narrative. Remember, history is always written by the victors. And that's the point of this. It's to point out the fact that only advanced civilizations could have made these caves, pyramids, and churches, only civilizations with a vast understanding of mathematics, physics, astronomy, material science, spatial awareness, and the knowledge of the energetic frequencies of the natural world. Only civilizations with access to advanced technology that is far beyond our own capabilities. Any other explanation just seems laughable, which then makes you wonder what types of knowledge and technologies did these civilizations possess and where did it go? Not to mention, who were the people that were actually capable of building and envisioning these structures, right? I mean, it's one thing to build it, but before you can even build it, it has to be envisioned. You then need extremely detailed blueprints. Who's making those and how? My guess is that there isn't an architect firm capable of making blueprints of this magnitude today let alone 500 years ago. You can't build something like St. Peter's Basilica without blueprints. You need complete detailed plans with exact dimensions of every aspect of the building. You then need to source all the material. And then you need an order of operations or instructions on how to build it. Nothing can be left to chance. Which makes you wonder, what else were these people capable of? What other abilities did they have? Were these ancient people able to tap into the source code of the universe? I mean, who knows? But after looking at these old structures with, an, with open eyes, the idea of Mariahs shape-shifting or flying starts to seem more pause, plausible. What's interesting is, the, is that the Mariah are just one story in a long list of stories. Just about every ancient civilization on the planet talks about interacting with gods or supernatural entities. What do you think they meant by this? Do you think these gods were real? Now, again, most people say today say that these stories of gods and powerful entities are just silly myths and superstitions by old primitive cultures, which may be true. But let me ask you this again. Who do you think built those advanced structures and how? After looking and studying the old world with an open mind, the more likely and believable it is that gods and supernatural beings walk the earth in our distant past, which then begs the question of who were they? Were they some other life form like aliens who, visit, who visited us from some other world? Or were they humans operating at the highest level, highest level of potential? Humans who were able to tap into the creation energy of the universe like the Jedi? Or maybe it was a combination of both. Maybe there were aliens who taught this knowledge to humans. Well, according to author Graham Hancock, we are a species with amnesia having forgotten our roots and origins. See, Graham believes that the gods of our past were not necessarily aliens, at least not all of them, but humans who were extremely advanced, possibly even more advanced than we are today. But due to natural disasters and cataclysmic events, their technology and knowledge has been lost. In other words, we are the gods who have lost our memory, and as a result, we are a shell of our former selves. Of course it doesn't help that we also now live in a society that profits off of our amnesia. The ruling class of our society profits by keeping this knowledge of our former glory suppressed. They don't want us to remember. They want us to be unconscious, mindless consumers who depend on them for our very survival. They see our remembering as a threat to their livelihood. But anyway, if you think about it, us being gods with amnesia, that scenario was very likely. See, we know that the world has had several major natural disasters from asteroid impacts to ice ages to great floods. And if you take our society today, even as advanced as it seems, it is extremely fragile. See, if the power shut off tomorrow because of some cataclysmic event like an asteroid impact or nuclear war and never came back on, it wouldn't take long before absolute chaos set in. Remember, most of our technology is dependent on electricity, so if the power went out and never came back on, all our devices would become worthless in just a matter of weeks. Our cities and infrastructure would be destroyed and abandoned in just a few years. And if this were the case, how many generations would it take before most of our knowledge would be lost for good? And once the knowledge is lost, it could take hundreds if not thousands of years for civilization to recover and rebuild. And keep in mind that in this scenario... The world would most likely become a lawless wasteland very fast, and most people would not survive for very long. After just a couple years, the population could very well be cut in half at a minimum. It would be like Thanos snapped his finger and 50% of the people would be gone. This is because most people today have absolutely zero survival skills and are not prepared if the entire system they have been dependent on shuts down. See, every major city in the world operates on what is called a just-in-time model. A just-in-time model, meaning that stores only have about three days' worth of supplies at any given time. Our system depends on a constant supply of goods coming in and waste going out. And well, if the system collapsed, major cities would run out of food and supplies in just three days and would be overrun by waste. Oh, and your electric car would be worthless. But so would your gas vehicle, as all the gas in the cities would be consumed in just three days. Then what? Where would you go? What will you do? How will you eat? If this happened, the cities would be the absolute worst place to be. Most people in the cities would not survive the first year. Not trying to scare anyone, just stating that our system is extremely fragile and that if it broke, we would immediately be thrust back into the Stone Age. And for those that managed to survive... Their kids' kids would grow up in an entirely different world. Their lives would be extremely primitive. It would be like they went back in time hundreds if not thousands of years living a hunter-gatherer lifestyle, living in small nomadic tribes, using crude hand tools and living off the land. They would have stories from their grandparents about a time when they could talk or send messages to someone on the other side of the world instantly. They would talk about how people could fly around the world in less than a day or drive things called cars, which were like horses, but way faster and way more comfortable. They would talk about markets markets where you could get fresh food from anywhere in the world and that these markets never seemed to run out of food or supplies. Then a few more generations later, very Very little would remain from the old world, just some artifacts and a few buildings. All the stories about computers, airplanes, cars, electricity, and the internet would just be thought of as myths and silly superstitions and soon be forgotten. And this is basically what Graham Hancock believes has happened based on his research. He believes that the human civilization has been reset numerous times throughout history. Humanity rises to great prominence with a high level of technology, only to be thrust back into time by some large tragic event. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like the great year. See, I've done two episodes about the great year, episode 41 and episode 45. I suggest you listen to those if you want more information. But anyway, the Great Year is a 26,000 year cycle in which we flow through various ages such as the Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, and Iron Age. And the Great Year is also the period of time it takes the solar equinox to make a complete revolution through all the zodiac constellations and return to its original position. Right now it is believed that we are in the Iron Age on the verge of moving into the Bronze Age. If this is true, which I believe it is, this would mean that we are not at the peak of civilization. In fact, we are just about as far away as you could be. And looking around at our modern society with depression, mental illness, obesity, substance abuse, and overall unconscious behavior, it is not hard to believe. Sure, we have some impressive technology, but overall, we are unhealthy, unhappy, and unaware of our potential. And if we're not the peak if we're not at the peak now, it means that we were at the past based on the cycle of the great year. And depending on how old the earth actually is and how long humans have actually been around, we may have had many golden age civilizations that have collapsed. So if we're not in the golden age, when was it? And what were the people like back then? Well, according to the Hindus, they call the golden age, the Satya Yuga, And during this golden age, they believe that humans operated at the highest level, at their highest level possible, where they had full access to all their powers and potential and were able to access higher levels of consciousness and even other dimensions. It's also believed that the majority of humans during the Satya Yuga were healthy, strong, virtuous, honest, and youthful. This means that the gods that are talked about very well could have been humans from the golden age. Remember, Golden Age hum- humans were believed to have access to all their power and potential and had access to higher levels of consciousness. What would a human who has all their max, all their stats maxed out be capable of? Could they fly? Could they shapeshift? Could they move objects with their minds? Did they have lightsabers? I mean, who really knows? But one thing we know for sure is that we have evidence all around us that proves that at some point that at some time in our past, our ancestors were able to do things that seem impossible today. And here's the thing, if they can do it, then so can we, if they can tap into their full potential and access and access all their power. So can we, if they can connect to the force, so can we remember we are the direct descendants of these gods from the past. Although we somehow lost our way. And as a result, we have forgotten who we are where we come from, and what we're capable of. But that time is over. We are starting to remember. We are starting to wake up. And that, my friends, is what this journey is all about. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. See you on the other side.